0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them.
1: Welcome everyone to Project Management Office Hours, the number one live project management radio show in the U.S. Broadcasting to you from the Phoenix Business Radio X studios in Tempe, Arizona. I'm your host, Joe Puzz, PMO Joe. And for the next hour, we'll be talking project management with our special guests. We're obviously very grateful to have PM Master Prep as a sponsor for our show. We're super excited with Scott and his team and their support and the great offers that they have provided to all of our listeners. So let's hear from Scott.
0: If you're studying for the PMP exam, how excited are you to memorize the 756 pages of the PMBOK? You see, when I was studying, I realized that cramming facts in my head wasn't only not going to help me pass, but it wasn't going to make me a better project manager. So I abandoned what the experts told me, and I created a method that delivered an above-target score without memorizing a thing. You heard me, memorizing nothing. The power of my method is in three simple changes that help you make and cement all the connections you need to ace the exam's situational questions. I've distilled my method into a book e-course, simulator, and training class that transforms how you or your team learn PMP. My name is Scott Payne, and I want you to be successful in the PMP exam. Go to pmmasterprep.com and learn how my PMP training method works, and use the code PMOJOE to receive 20% off every product that will make you battle-ready for the PMP exam.
1: It's so great to have Scott and his team with us. Obviously, having a sponsor is great, and to be able to pass that on to our listeners is also awesome. So, to have a 20% off uh, from all the services that they offer, please go out to PMMasterPrep.com, use the promo code PMO Joe, and help uh, support your career development by visiting PMMasterPrep and all they have to offer. Also, of course, the PMO Squad is our sponsor as well and they are the home of the Purpose Driven PMO. You can get uh, an in-depth review of the Purpose Driven PMO going out to projectmanagement.com. We did a webinar a couple weeks back, and uh, I'll proudly boast that it's now the number one PMO webinar on projectmanagement.com. So that's been well received uh, and glad that people are enjoying it. You can also go out to the pmosquad.com website and see all of our services of how we can help you overcome your delivery and project management challenges. Also want to mention that later this afternoon, we're going to have a first uh, for VP MMA. For those who have been a regular listener of the show, you know that VP MMA is the Veteran Project Manager Mentoring Alliance. We've been fortunate on the show to be surprised by guests such as Kenneth Stennis and Warwick Pond with donations. And we have taken that proof of concept of a mentoring program within our industry and turned it into a nonprofit organization. And this afternoon will be our first board of directors meeting uh, with that organization. And we have a board, a diverse board from across the U.S. that is uh, prepared to help us scale that nonprofit organization into something larger than it is today. We have a golf event that uh, we are partners with the Phoenix PMI chapter coming up in September, they've allowed us to partner. So we're participating in that event with them. And then the other co-founder Eric Wright and I will be featured in international project management day by IIL in November we are going to be talking about VPMMA as part of that. So super excited for everything that we have ongoing with that now and to see where it's going to go and grow as we continue to scale that. Now onto our show today. I am super excited to have our guests with us, Catherine Helppin and Nicholas Breeson. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you, Joe. Yes.
2: Yes. Thank you, Joe. We're so appreciative.
1: And Nicholas, you are joining us from Germany, so great to have you uh, spend your evening with us. As it's, uh, I think, around eight o'clock or so over there. Can you yeah, take exactly. a yeah? Can you take a minute and introduce yourself and to our listeners?
3: Yeah, sure. Then, uh, hi, everyone. So uh, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to talk to you uh, from from Europe, and and as I said, from Munich, Germany. Um, so I, I, my name is Nicholas Brisson. And I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of Steer.io. And Steer.io is basically a digital platform that helps to make teamwork better and especially project work better. And basically, what what, what does it mean? It means that we help project teams to share feedback through the platform. And with the combination of data science, we help them to achieve better results together and to create a better project experience. So -hmm. that's about me. That's awesome. Thanks for
1: joining us. And I've uh, had a trial run on the tool and it's really powerful and impressive. So I'm looking forward to digging into that a little deeper as we go along. And uh, Catherine Halpin, thank you so much for joining us in studio. Please take a moment to introduce yourself.
2: Thank you, Joe. So my name is Catherine Halpin. I grew up in Vicksburg, Mississippi, but I'm Phoenix-based now. And uh, in 1995, I founded my firm to try to fill a void that I saw every day in my CPA career. I could see business leaders focused solely on the financial metrics and the legal issues, and they never... uh, it even occurred to them to address any people issues. So the people issues are just, just a big void. So since 1995, I've been consulting with business leaders, trying to help them build what I call alignment. Alignment in their project management teams, alignment in their executive teams, alignment at their board of directors level, alignment in the boiler room. I say I can work from the boiler room to the boardroom to try to build that team alignment. Because if we're going to get the results with our projects, it's going to be because we've brought these teams together.
1: That's right. Awesome. I thank you so much, Catherine, and really looking forward to digging into that. I've taken um, a the CVI, uh, so I'm a little familiar with some one of the tools that you use and looking forward to talking about that as well.
0: Great.
1: So, uh, Nicholas, what I, you know, you had mentioned Steer.io, or how do you pronounce that correctly?
3: It's steer.io.
1: Steer.io. Steer.io.com. Yeah. So, Steer.io.com. And can you, what's the story behind that, right? Because you're not a necessarily a software developer by trade, right? I mean, what's your background that led to that? And, and what's the story of, of
3: Steer.io? Yeah, so the, the story is that so basically, so I used to be a, a project management professional. Basically, I used to work in management consulting for several years, used to work for, for Deloitte in, in, in different countries based in Germany, but uh, doing projects in France, in, uh, in Japan, in, in, Amsterdam, in, uh, in the Netherlands and in the UK. And um, actually, so I used to work on, on digital uh, topics, but uh, also on large-scale transformation. And actually, so from this experience, um, after having conducted several projects for different clients, I remarked that there was need, and, and that makes perfectly the link from the topic from Katarin, uh, there was a need for better alignments within team or, or continuous alignments. And because actually, so... If you run a project, there is always, when you have so more than 50, 100, 150 person involved, you always have so uh, difficulties with communications, uh, finding a, a clear vision and how to bring people together. And we think that's, and, and I say, okay, gosh, so I, I have, I have these challenges that, uh, that I see on, on several projects. And I, I talk to, to different colleagues, uh, different so, uh, consultants, and we all had the same issues on our project. And I said, hmm, there might be a pattern. And, and who says pattern? Who say, okay, there might be the, the opportunity to collect data on that and to, to, to create intelligence. And that's what we're doing with Terayo. So the idea behind that is to create a collective intelligence around project management where people can, can share their best practices and exchange feedback uh, to, to, to perform better together. And so, and so that's that's why I decided to to drop my job as a consultant actually, and to start this uh, this new adventure with uh, one other former consultant, uh, Damien, and, and a data scientist Thomas, and that's how we started. So, for those
1: who are looking for additional information about this, and I've, as I said, used the tool. Essentially, it's a survey-based tool, right? Mm-hmm. That you would share with your team members, and they exactly. on, on a recurring basis would be able to respond to questions that allow the project manager or the sponsor or others to be able to collect information on how the t- project is going and how the exactly. team is performing. Exactly.
3: So because one, one of the main, the main issue is that, so how do you, how, do, how are you doing to share, uh, to have a transparent view about your project, about your initiatives, about your team, how they are doing, do you have clear objectives? Is there any issue with stakeholder alignments? Is the communication fluid between all stakeholders? That's that's all items that people used to discuss at the coffee machine on the Friday afternoon bef- before going into the weekends. But they do not share it with everyone, and and we think this is a pity, and it should be shared with everyone. So that's so that's the, the project can you can do better collectively.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and for me, having used that tool, it was great to be able to get feedback from team members without having to go kind of prod them for it, without having to, uh, they, would, because when they would talk to me, I knew who was giving me the feedback. You, there's yeah. a sense of anonymity to this, as right, to be able to get more honest
3: feedback. Exactly. And actually, so as you, as you said, so when, you, when you're on a client engagements, there is, Always. So every day you ask you the question, OK, how can I better save my clients and, and what can I can we do differently to, to improve the project? And actually, this, this tool enables you to get this feedback and to react, as you say, so on a weekly basis, uh, quite, uh, almost continuously, I would say.
1: And the beauty of that, right, is we're able to make sure that we have the right people in the right roles, right? We can find out where we have challenges within our project. Maybe they are people challenge, process challenge or other And Catherine, I know what you do as well is all about putting the right people in the right
2: roles. That's correct, Joe. That's correct. So I became a CPA because my dad in Mississippi was a CPA. They didn't do any career counseling at the University of Southern Mississippi when I was there. So I was a round peg trying to fit into a square hole and I kept changing jobs thinking I would fit in better. Okay, well, I don't like tax. Maybe I like internal audit better or um, I don't like um, internal consulting. Maybe I like external consulting better. And my mom in Mississippi supported me in staying stuck. Uh, when I would have these workplace challenges, she would say, oh, it's not my fault. And I would say, you're right, mom, it's not my fault. But it was my fault because I was a square peg trying to fit in a round hole. So I, I'm an example now of somebody who found their niche. I love people. I love hearing their stories. And I believe everybody's, like the Gallup people say, everybody's strengths are unique and enduring. And if we can figure out what people's strengths are and tweet, either tweak their job or move them across the hall into an entirely different job, that we can take a C player and make them an A player
1: and how do you how do you do that
2: well initially when i started my firm in 1995 i, I didn't have any tools except my own intuition and my love of people so i would inter- they, i would hear the leadership team ranting and raving about a poor guy let's call him bob and they would, everybody would have all kind of complaints about Bob. And I said, well, let me go meet with Bob, interview Bob, see if I can get any kind of sense of what's going on. And after a 45-minute meeting, I could come back and I could say to them, well, if you could give Bob more of these kinds of tasks and fewer of these kinds of tasks, I think he'd be a lot easier to work with. He'd be a lot more productive. He would start meeting deadlines because he loves doing this work. So initially, I just did it intuitively. But um, in 2009, a group out of Seattle, Tuck Willow, Washington, actually, uh, Lynn Taylor's the founder of something he calls Taylor Protocols and he has a um, pattern matching algorithm based tool that you select just out of these random words, you select which ones resonate with you the most. And in eight to 10 minutes, it gives me, um, if we get the full profile, it gives me a 15 to 17 page report in a three minute video about what a person's strengths are and more importantly, what their potential growth opportunities are. And how these people got my attention was because they asked me to take the test. And in the first 15 minutes of the debrief, they had nailed me not just for my strengths, but for my growth opportunities. Yeah, and I've used it every day since then.
1: So this again I, I don't know I think I say this every show but the reason I love my show is because in the project management space we're exposed to the common tools and training repeatedly right how to build a schedule how to do a risk log how to manage issues how to deal with uh, troublesome stakeholders But this show gives us exposure within our community to tools that can really elevate our profession, right? Something like Steer.io, something like the Taylor assessment. As project managers, now we can start getting insights to really know why our projects are operating the way they are and the people, why they are.
2: Why the people, because... When people don't feel valued and appreciated, they can become irrational or because we're all addicted to our devices nowadays, it's so easy for us to get into reactive mode and stay in reactive That's mode. That's right. Get out of yeah. it, thinking st- strategically, thinking proactively. It's just a not a good situation in our corporate workplace today, in my opinion.
3: The whole thing is about so being present and, and so to 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 I would say, to augment the potential of people and actually that's 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 a nice role of the technology actually so with the development over the past years um, of course and actually so I'm the first one to spend too much time on my on my on my smartphone uh, but actually so you have also the opportunity to use that data to be better and to augment your performance and to supply to to enhance the performance of the human and and actually that's the example that you mentioned Catherine's it's, it's a very good one so with the help of the technology being able to to, uh, to identify the strengths and the growth opportunity of a per, of a person and from the stereo side so being able to pinpoint what is doing great and what could be improved—it's it's really this is really game-changing, I think. So in in, in the in the project management profession,
2: yes. And Nicholas, I would agree. And I think your tool Stereo allows us to walk our talk. Here, we're managing projects for our internal or external clients. And we're asking them to get out of their comfort zone, do difficult things, have uncomfortable conversations to move this project along. But their health checks, your weekly health checks, give us a chance to walk our talk as uh, internal or external consultants.
1: And I'm wondering, Nicola, have you found anything from the data yet? Any themes or or what are some common items that come out of the data that project managers
3: should be aware of? Yeah, so actually, so... And, and, and it might not be surprising. So um, what, what we see from the data is that, so um, the parts related, so actually, so when we think about, so project teams, what we see from our data is that, so usually uh, there are no issue about, so I would say, so the technical skills from the people uh, and, and more about, so uh, the collaboration aspects, the communication alignments. And, and for example, an example is, uh, when when and we saw that we saw that so several times is that so you can have on a project so uh, the difficulty to get so the availability of so of some stakeholders for example mm-hmm. and this is something that we see on numerous transformation projects that are on our platform is that the availability of the stakeholders and and the fact that they are briefed when they come into the meetings that's that's that are some aspects that are, that pop up and that are very interesting meaning that sometimes it's not only a team in itself but the team in its context, meaning the team in the organizations. That's what that's. Yeah. yeah. And, and
1: just think how powerful that is because prior to tools that we use today, right, the project manager would walk into the sponsor and say, hey, the team needs you. The team needs that. And there's, there's no supporting evidence. There's no data. There's no documentation of that. Right. Now with these tools we have, you can bring in the tool with the survey results and show that sponsor that this is the feedback directly from the team and how powerful that is a message to that sponsor that the team needs them.
2: And 78% of the people agreed on it or 98% of the people. That's right. Right. They need more FaceTime with him. They need more clarity about his objectives. They need more clarity about how we're going to measure success on this project.
1: I think it's a, it's a a really powerful tool and and I know it was helpful for me on, on my engagement where I was using that as well. Yes. So I'm interested a little bit more about this uh, Taylor system, right? I think CVI is... is
2: Core Values Index is what it's called. We refer to it as a CVI. And we're measuring people's innate nature. So it's not measuring people's professional or personal maturity. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it'll indicate that there's a growth opportunity and they've already overcome that. For instance, I have... um, a CIO client in a big company, and um, she's a high innovator. Most people in technology are high innovators. They love to solve problems, assess, and you know solve problems. So because she spent her first 25 years in her career at IBM, she's so disciplined and she's able to bring whatever strength is needed. And that's my definition of leadership, being able to assess a situation, a project and know what's missing and be able to bring that strength until everybody else can buy in. Yes, we need to either make decisions more quickly or we need to focus on the teams and the relationships and the vision for the project or we do need to spend more time assessing and solving or let's the uh, fourth strength is the people that are focused Focus on the data and the metrics and the information. What does the information tell us? What does the data tell us? So each we think each of us has some mix of all four of those strengths, and we, we um, use these pattern-matching algorithms to give you not only your raw score, a numerical score between 0 and 36, but also what Lynn Taylor calls the weighted energy preference, which I uh, describe as roughly the amount of time and focus and energy you're bringing that strength.
1: Yeah. Again, to... Share with the audience my own experience. Right, it, it it took me probably less than three minutes to do the survey.
3: Right,
1: and I'm always skeptical about these things. Of right, so like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do these, and and it's not going to be anything related to who I am. And when I got the results, I said, "Jeez, I mean, people always tell me that, and maybe I should pay more attention because now this this random test that I took right. but it." it pointed the same information And it out. was
2: free. It's 100% free. Yeah. Now I have a, a paid version, of course, I use with my clients, and that gives me the 15 to 17 page report. But even the free version gives you so much rich data about yourself or about your, more importantly, about your colleagues.
1: Yeah, we had Ruth Pierce on a prior show, and, and Ruth uses strength-based character traits similarly yes. to be able to understand your team and y- utilize their strengths to help them perform well together. Right. And I could see this as another complementary mm-hmm. tool that if the team were to participate in this, you're going to be able to understand how each of them are wired. Right. And how they would be able to operate together.
2: Right. I'm going to do a webinar tomorrow morning, 90 minutes for an executive leadership team at a university. And um, the President of the university and the leader of the HR organization that brought me in, they're just thrilled already to have this data. It just made so much sense to them to see everybody's strengths profile.
1: So I I love that. And Nicholas, the I mean, you keep going back and forth between your tools because they're so connected. I love this. It's yours is a continuous feedback loop, right? It's it's ongoing. It's not just a one-time event, right?
3: Exactly, exactly. Because the idea is that so um we think a lot about so um, getting feedback, and, and it's always associated with performance review and, and rewards and so on. And actually, so there is a this this is this there is a sacralized moment around the feedback, and we think at Stirio that it shouldn't be, meaning that the feedback is something that should be ga- given so casually, oftenly, and and continuously, so that you can always find something to improve or to or which is very important also to celebrate and actually so that's 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 also very interesting because um you you, we talk a lot about so um the the strengths and this is then and i think we need to to highlight that so we need to pay to play people's strengths and but also to celebrate what is doing well to to engage and in order to to motivate people because at the end of the day uh, we don't care about weaknesses uh, if the strengths are, are much stronger and when we think about so Leaders. Leaders are working in teams, with their teams, and, and we, we always say that um, nobody is perfect, but a team can be, and it's really the objectives.
2: Yes, I love that.
3: So Steer.io,
1: can you use that on your f- phone, or is it just browser-based? How do people access the tool itself?
3: Yeah, act- actually, it's, uh, it's very easy. Uh, it's a web app, meaning that you can use it uh, on a desktop or uh, on, your, on your smartphone. It doesn't make any difference. And you don't have to to pre-install any app. You can just go directly on our websites, uh, sign up, and and within five minutes you can you can start uh, uh, exchanging feedback with your team. Yeah, so I, that's my really as you go. Yesterday. And I, I think so, Catherine, you're a new you're a new user from, yes. uh, for us. Yes,
2: yes. But I love the health check. I love the quality and the depth of the questions it was asking me to score my team on.
1: Well, and what I liked was it was weekly, Mm -hmm. so I was able to trend information over time, and it wasn't just a snapshot, right? right? Oftentimes today we will go in and poll our team to see where they're at at the moment, Mm -hmm. and then we get so busy that we don't come back to that.
2: Right, and we Um, don't even... So often we don't even respond to them. We ask them for the feedback and then we just bury that data. And then the, the next time they're not motivated to give us any more feedback because we didn't take any action. We didn't even brief them on what the results of the data showed. So it's so powerful, Nicholas, that you've got a mechanism just to con- do that continuously, weekly, I believe, those health checks.
3: Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I th- we, we really believe on the fact that uh, if, you, if you continuously monitor how the team is doing, then you can get so much better result on the long term. And instead of having a lot of uh, action plans and and to dos that that are never implemented, the idea is if the team can provide you feedback one week after or two weeks or one month later, then you then as a leader you are committed to uh, to, to to change something and to hear them. And actually, and also the team should also be um, an, a play an important player into that. Meaning that the team is not only there to to grade, I would say, so the, the project, but also to bring solutions because here we talk about so collective intelligence. How can we as a group perform better?
2: And that's what's so desperately needed in the workplace today, giving people a mechanism so they can take ownership and, and feel safe to say, I have an idea or more importantly, I have a concern. And this is the platform to do that. My experience is when a project is going to go south, it's going to either blow up or not achieve the you know forecasted goals. There were always key indicators and red flags. The question is, can that executive sponsor and those champions and those team leaders, can they see those? Or is it some, you know, frontline employee that
3: sees those key indicators? Yeah, you're, t- you're totally right. Most of, most of the time, it's always inside that I exchange uh, uh, between two persons and say, OK, hey the objective are not clear or we, we never deliver the next milestone or there is an issue with the it developments and i'm sure that the project will crash in 3 months and there is nothing worse that's 3 months later if the project crashes that that the, the same person say okay i told you I and i knew it, it. and actually it should never happen
2: right
1: and that's not something you're going to find in a project schedule right right and that yeah.
2: flags won't show up
1: and the traditional tools that we use though that's why often historically, project management had gotten a bad name because you didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. You had the project marked green, even though there was something brewing. And it was like, well, it was a people problem. I didn't think we were going to run into it. I didn't think it was going to fully come to to root, right? Right.
2: We were in denial or even delusional.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So that's why these tools are, again, are so powerful to be able to help us get that on a continuous basis. So I love that.
2: And I love yeah, what you well, said, Nicholas, about celebrating the successes too, because I tell my clients it's so much easier to build on what is working instead of beating ourselves up about what's not working. We have to have, be grounded in reality, of course, so we're not delusional, but let's also celebrate those successes. Helps us identify people's strengths, helps us identify patterns and trends, things that we can operationalize or make stand, like stand standard operating procedures.
3: Yeah, exactly. And And it's it's all the topic about so self awareness and i think this is something you're working on and you wrote some you wrote a book about uh, about alignments and, and especially self, and a big part is about self alignment right?
2: correct, Nichols. Thank you for bringing that up. So the name of my book is Align. I have two books, but the primary book is Alignment for Success, Bringing Out the Best in Yourself, Your Teams, and Your Company. Bill George is a former CEO of Medtronic, and now he's at Harvard and lecturing and, and writing, and he's, I've got all his books. I love him. He says when he's seen leaders not be successful, it was never because they couldn't lead a team. It was because they couldn't lead them themselves. So he and I have coined the phrase self-leadership. And it means knowing what your values are, knowing what your strengths are, having the self-awareness that you described, Nicholas, having the ability to Mm self-manage, not get triggered. We're all going to get triggered, but can we recover in 20 nanoseconds or um, 20 minutes or 20 days? because when we're triggered, we're in reactive mode. And when we're in reactive mode, someone else is controlling our destiny. We're not in control of our own destiny anymore. And so this self-leadership is just critical. I do so much work. When I first started doing this work, I was an independent contractor with a national firm. And um, the guy that founded that firm said, I get more unsolicited positive feedback about you, Catherine, than any other person that's ever been in my firm. And I said, well, that's because I focus on this self-leadership concept in every discussion with every client and team. You know, I want to know what are they doing to take care of themselves? Because I can't do it for them if they're not investing in themselves.
1: That personal awareness and, and awareness of our team can be so powerful. Steve Fulmer, again, another former guest we had on, talked a lot about that. And how understanding we operate and what triggers our decision-making process and how we react to that can all be so powerful.
2: So powerful.
1: I, I'm. One, you know, obviously when we have these sorts of discussions, it's, everyone's thinking, wow, this is great, everything's so positive. But what are some actual success stories, right? What, what are something that maybe we can hear you talk about and then relate to experiences that we've had as well? And Catherine, have you had successes with this? Oh,
2: gosh, yes. Well, with closely held companies, smaller businesses, say with 50 to 500 employees or even smaller, I've been able to help those um, business owners grow the value of that company 2 to 3x consistently and it's because we get the right people in the right roles and then we create an environment where people feel safe to say i have a concern or "I have an idea or i think we could innovate i think we could start a whole new line of business here so um in a small company it's real easy to measure the shareholder value i've also done work in fortune 500 and extremely large healthcare in the biosciences with scientists and um I had a scientist um, in a very prestigious organization that I was working with. He was not well suited. He was phenomenally uh, good at managing his team of 13 researchers. He was horrible as the division chair Mm. in this uh, academic medical organization. And I kept saying, you know, if you just relate to the, you know, the other physicians, as you relate to your scientists, it'd be so much better, but he wasn't able to make that leap. And so he self-selected out of the firm. He, I mean, out of the medical organization, he didn't, there was no drama, there was no trauma, there was no chaos, there was no performance improvement plans, no crucial conversations. He saw it for himself and he, and, you know, he's a researcher there's only two or three places maybe in the whole United States he could go. And he had to find somebody that would take him and his 13 people, but he, within a very short amount of time, self-selected out. So I see people step up and I see people step out. Uh, and it's because the leadership team, I help them be more articulate in communicating what their expectations are and then negotiating those expectations and putting more metrics in place.
1: You know, and as I think about these and the details of all of this, right? And one thing I can't come back to uh, Nicholas, you had said a phrase earlier that I think I didn't want it to slip by uh, because it did to this point was you said augmented project teams earlier. Yeah. And I, I've not heard that before. I, w- I want to dig in on it. What is augmented project teams?
3: The idea of, of augmented project team is that so with the, if you combine, so the people experience and their expertise with the power of, of data um, we, we believe that's that you can that you can achieve much better results and much better working experience and and that's the concept behind stereo because you 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 get you, you know that so if we gather data on the platform from the team the idea is that so um we have 50 100 150 other teams that are working that are using the tool i mean that's using that we can identify so potential risk on your project, meaning that if, if we identify that from a week to another, there is an issue with the decision-making within the meeting, we can clearly spot it and then so say to, the, to the manager, pay attention to that, and here are the best practices or the, the, what what's experts or people in your situation did. And this is kind of experience that is, comes collectively. And that's you and that's really augments so your your decision your decision making and your leadership uh, skill set as a as a project leader, and that's that's what we call so uh, augmented project teams, because the team is enhanced through the exchange of the data and and have a the dialogue that that generates a r- real value to the to the organization. So I think
1: across the the common PPM platforms that are out there, Planview, Primavera clarity and others and we get lots of project data right how long does it mm-hmm. task and everyone keeps talking within the industry about artificial intelligence is coming and it's going to help us with our estimates and our schedules and it's going to be better but what they're not taking into account is the project is a collection of people performing on work yeah and i love your tool is actually collecting data on the people and that's actually driving the performance of our projects more so than the schedules, right? I mean, I love the fact that the augmented project team is going to give us data that can help us be more effective, better than how well are our estimates?
2: That's exactly,
1: yeah, right.
3: definitely. And and actually, so we we are used to to, to to conduct projects, right? And we know that we at the beginning of a project we do a very nice master plan with the very detailed Gantt charts. And actually when we start the project after, after two weeks, the plan is not running as it was planned to do. And, and, and the project, and there is always challenging and challenges, and this is actually so normal. And actually that's the role of the project, the project leader to take those challenges and to solve the problem. And, and actually, and it comes from the people. And, and so, and the, the typical, I would say so hardcore tools to not help you to do that because the solution can only come from cooperation and from the people that are working on the project.
1: Yeah, and it, and there's even within the agile world, right? It's the and I'm not saying agile was is, is a replacement for traditional project management because I think they can complement each other in the right situations. Yeah. Yes. But the the two week sprints, right, in the daily stand ups is you're thinking that you're getting that same feedback, but it's. That's all face to face, right? And this tool gives you the opportunity to to do that
2: anonymously.
1: Anonymously to get probably more real data.
2: Yes, more meaningful data. Yeah, more accurate data. More da- data that's grounded in reality.
1: So, you know, jumping back to you, Catherine, I'm like I, feel like I got a tennis match on this one because I love both these tools. What the details within the CVI is essentially there's a quadrant.
2: Yes, of four different strings. And we call them builder, the people that decide and do a thousand times a day. So they're quick starts; they're making a lot of decisions. And um, the merchant, the people, people like you and I, Joe, and then the innovators—that's our second strength. We're assessing and solving. We can walk in the room and start assessing and solving. And then most importantly, are those what we call the bankers—the people that have the information, the knowledge, the data. And every each of these strengths has something motivating factor, and the. Bankers with the data and the information, and the metrics, they're motivated by transparency. They want that information to be available to everyone
3: mm-hmm.
2: where you and I want to talk about the hard facts. That's why you have your radio show. And that's why I do the work I do. i, don't, I That's why I had to leave Mississippi. I didn't want to just be caught up in a lot of cocktail party, mean girl chatter. Yeah. I want to talk about important stuff. The builders want to get stuff done and the uh, innovators can assess and solve Although. Many people in our world today are innovators, especially in the technology field. And so Lynn and I say that the only valuable wisdom is what he calls reductionist wisdom, the simplest, most elegant solution to stay in the conversation long enough to be able to synthesize all the possible solutions down to the simplest, most elegant solution
1: so if if I take the survey, yes. I get my results back, yes. and I don't know what to do with it, right? Yes. So what if uh, I don't believe this, this isn't right, or, you know, whatever scenario you're confronted with. Yes. For me, it seemed like it lined up pretty well, uh, which, again, I was kind of surprised with, but I suppose I shouldn't be. Yes. Uh, what do you do?
2: Well, you call me, 602-266-1961 is my phone number, and... I'll walk you through it. We'll both pull it up and do a shared screen session over Zoom. And I'll show you what the data shows and how to understand it. And I'll give you the key because the key doesn't come with the tool. I have to email you that. And um, I carry them around with me in in my bag like I was able to just give you one when I arrived here this morning. So the key is critical to understand in the
3: full report. So uh, I got I got a question about that so Catherine, do you use this tool to um to create teams actually?
2: Yeah, so uh, often you know a CEO or a new leader in in a big organization will bring me in to help them build out their team. So I'll assess everybody's strengths already on the team and we'll see what we're missing. Like this team I'm meeting with tomorrow by webinar because they're all over the country. Uh, they have um it's seven people, they have three builders, three bankers, and um, three innovators, and they're a little weak on the merchants. But I said to the president of the university yesterday... You've been around the block. You didn't get to be the president of the university, you know, easily. So you've developed that. You've matured. And my tool doesn't measure that maturity. So she said, I've always been, you know, acknowledged for my people skills. I said, well, of course, you probably learned in your summer job in high school that you had to get stuff done through the people. So even though that wasn't her innate strength, she has matured. But sometimes people haven't matured. And then it shows us in black and white.
1: And, and of course, we're all we live in a business-driven world, right? right? We all have to recognize that. So, you know, there's going to be questions of ROI, right? Am I going? To, right. What am I going to get out of using this tool?
2: Right. Oh, just exponential results. Well, that's how you grow the company: two to three. X, because you create an environment where everybody's in the right role based on their strengths, that just automatically um, creates an environment where everybody feels safer to innovate, everybody feels safer to take some measured risk, everybody feels safer to say, I have a concern, or I see a red flag, everybody feels safer to acknowledge each other, and so there's more trust, and there's more mutual respect, and it's easier then to get that shared vision. If you don't have a shared vision, you don't have a team. My definition of a high-performing team is everybody has the same shared vision, And everybody has a commitment to each other's individual success, not just the team success. But I want Bob and Betty Sue. I want all these people to be successful. In addition, of course, I want myself to be successful. And that's what's wrong in the world today. And whether it's politics or education or, or business, it's so easy to just put your own self-interest above the team's interest or the organization's interest. I see that all the time. But this helps people build that mutual respect and trust so that you're not at risk for that.
1: Yeah, I, within the purpose-driven PMO, there's some elements of what you're talking about that we've embraced, obviously. Um, and and one of the things that we tied onto is a quote from Vince Lampardi where he had said, "Success demands singleness of purpose." Yeah, and when everybody on the team is working towards a common purpose, yes. you can achieve more yes. than you can as individuals. Correct, move we'll
2: further, faster. Exactly, I call it right,
1: Nicholas. Another thing I'm wondering about you is obviously you're over in Germany now, and uh, you've worked all across Europe and into Asia as well. Is SteerIO just a European tool? Is is who is that tool available
3: for? I, actually, so per definition, this is this is a digital tool meaning that it's available for everyone. Uh, you can actually so if, if you're based in the US you can you can use it as you said so you try it with, with your team with, and with your client and Katarine is also using it. And so the, there is it's it's without borders meaning so um, the thing is that so for the time being we we offer the tool in English in French and very, very soon so uh, we are rolling out the German version actually. And and so this is this is the next step for us. Is that so? Because we have a strong strong customer base in France, working with large consultancies and and, and corporates, and we think we and and we think we there might have some opportunity to expand in, in Germany. Actually, where I am based, actually.
1: Well, that's all vision-based talk. I and mean, is there anything else you can share with us about the vision that you have for
3: stereo Yeah, sure, sure, definitely. So, I as we said, so. The tool is currently all about so feedback and and giving the opportunity to to open the dialogue within the team, and the next step for us is of course so integrating so um, machine learning algorithm into that. So because as people are giving providing feedback, there is a lot of resources to use to ident- to, to identify okay which which topics are emerging uh, for for in which industries and and, and projects. And, and the next step then is to um, actually so to go into the, the coaching aspect because when you have a person in a, con- in a project context and in an organizational context which provide feedback to the team, maybe you can help him or her to, uh, to, to, uh, to have more impact on, on each on, on his or her day-to-day activities. so the, the coaching per- perspective is very interesting to us and on the much longer term being able to develop I would say, so a kind of technical expertise on the topic meaning that, for example, if you are running an, an IT project, an SAP project then Steer.io can provide you insight about that and if the tool is not sufficient, because actually so, it's as we say, so the tool will never replace people um, then we can help you to find the right experts to, uh, to to help you on your project. That might be a possibility in the future. So that means that in the future, the Steer.io will be, a, a, I would say so, kind of dematerialized uh, digital consultancy.
1: I love it. And love it. As as you were talking, of course, I felt like I was being transported into a Bond movie because we were hearing the sirens in, in the background. And it's such a distinct sound compared to sirens here in the States. Uh, so I was transported for a moment into a Bond <laughs> film as the, as the sirens were going in the background. I love that. And of course, contrast that to when Elise Stevens was on from australia and she had tropical birds chirping in the background during the majority of the show so it's it's great when we have our remote guests so we can bring the environment onto the show with them that's awesome and I'm and really next looking. Next
3: time I will offer you the tropi- the the, the i say the European birds instead of the Syrian That's <laughs> maybe be more glamorous.
1: No, I love it. It's great. That's uh, and that's why I love doing a live show and not a recorded podcast, right? Because we get to l- life is real, life is live, right? Podcasts are just a capture of time, much like your surveys, right? It's a capture of real life, um, exactly. And that's why we do the show live. So that's awesome. Uh, now, Catherine, coming back to you right i took that test it was 3 minutes i was able to use that tool if i'm a leadership team and i you know i've got 10 15 20 whatever team members how quickly can i turn this around and start using it within my team
2: well uh, these clients tomorrow uh, i met them less than a month ago And I asked the HR person was a person to reach out. They were referred to me by another client. I asked her to take it and ask, um, and she said she wanted to introduce me to the president. So I asked them both to take it. And they were both were blown away by their own reports. And they could see how they work so well together. And they could see um, how, um, what their opportunities for the two of them to work even more effectively together. One's a banker merchant and one's a builder banker. And she leads with that builder, of course, but she's like I said earlier, she's grown and matured. And so she brings plenty of merchant too. And so then I did the rest of the team and they were totally blown away, totally blown away. So, um, as soon as people take it, I can, um, pop that into a spreadsheet to show them. And it's so helpful, um, to be able to see everybody's profiles together, their, their raw numbers and, uh, their t- two primary strings. and, um, and then I give everybody the link to the to the video and to the full report in a PDF, so it's easy to sh- print and share. And then I facilitate the discussion with them. How, how can they build on it? And if they were going to add somebody else to their team, this team was thinking about bringing somebody back, and so they said, you know, it'd be good to take have that person take the test too. Well, guess what? She's a merchant builder, and the merchant is what's um, the least strong on the team. So I said, perfect. Mm-hmm. And merchant builders tend to be really great leaders because they're they're focused on the deliverables, but they do it in a way that their people feel like they're their best friend.
1: And, you know, I, th- I think a lot of listeners out there are probably – uh, familiar with like Myers Briggs S- and yes, Strength Finders, yes. and, and this is great. another tool that gives a different perspective on us as individuals. And
2: it's based on the algorithms. Where the Myers Briggs from the 1940s, I'm pretty sure it's not based on any algorithms. And um, the Strengths Finders, I've taken it several times, and I always get value. But for me, somebody who's so passionate about so many things, I I couldn't narrow it down to three strengths. I had all 26, and the in the book says that's fine. And the, I took the online report uh, assessment too. But where do I go with 26 strengths? Mm-hmm. You know, I need to be able to narrow that down.
1: Well, and that's again within the quadrant, right? You, yeah. you're the max you could have would be all four, right? But that's not even a possibility, right? It's just no. you have We've, a dominant and then a, a secondary.
2: Yes, but we do find people are dominant in two strings.
1: Okay. Uh huh.
2: We call that profound. Yes.
1: Profound. Yes. I love that. And so if I'm at an organization, my team is using this. What sort of, we've talked about the business ROI, but me as an individual working within an organization, what sort of personal impact can something like this have on me? Oh
2: my gosh, it's just immeasurable. It's priceless. You just think about Catherine trying to be a CPA. I never fit in. I never, I was always focused on my values are continuous improvement because of that innovator and seeing the big picture because of my merchant strength. And um, so I was always saying to my colleagues, you know, we could do this project faster, better, smarter if we just tweaked it this way. And and in that environment, they would always say, well, Catherine, we've always done it this way. And uh, there wasn't really a lot of room to innovate or create. And so I was always so frustrated. And And so as a result, the unhealthy merchant will become a manipulator. It was so hard for me to see that when I first took the test. I was like, I can't see myself being the manipulator. But I do remember clearly going from cubicle to cubicle and office to office gossiping about the team leader, or the boss, trying to get everybody to agree with me that that guy was, in fact, a total idiot. <laughs> <laughs> of course, right? So that's how my unhealthy merchant you know, manifested itself because I was in the wrong role. So now I never do that. I'm, I'm rarely at risk for doing that. I'm still at risk for having the conversation in my head. Um, you know, that somebody's an idiot. But it's just a bank teller, grocery store clerk. It's not my boss. It's not my client. It's not my colleagues. So that's just one example of, you know, the power of somebody getting in the right role, mm-hmm. doing something that's in alignment with their values. It doesn't feel like work. I feel like I haven't worked a day since 1995.
1: And I think back to the introductions, uh, Nicholas, and was what Catherine just said is that right, you created this because you were felt there was a need that you were solving. Right. And that's how this, your company came to be. You had
3: I'm a personal that. identification that you now are solving. Yeah, exactly. And I think so. That's, that's how most of the ideas come comes up I mean, it's based on, based on your experience. Uh, and, and I, that, was, that, was a, that was an experience for myself, but also um, I decided to, to start it uh, with, uh, with, uh, with my two co-founders because the, there was a shared pain across, across all consultants, across different consultancies, which have their own methodology, their own tool, very bright people. But actually, so why do we always encounter the same challenges about so team alignments and, project, uh, and and project work? And that's, that's, that's how it started. That's, yes, you're right.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that's every entrepreneur, what we do. We, we see a need in a corporate culture or a large business and we say, Hey, I think I can come up with some solutions to that, fill that void.
1: Yeah, and I, I've, Catherine, you had mentioned you haven't felt like you've worked a day, and I've, I've said the same thing all the time about the PMO squad, right? Six plus years ago, I started that, and I don't feel like I've worked a day since. I work a lot harder than I've ever worked, right.
2: but it's not work yeah, anymore. It's it's, it's
1: my passion, so right. I'm just doing what I do because that's who I am. Right. So, Nicholas, another thing I'm, I'm wondering is, right, we talked a little bit about what are some of the common items that you found uh, through the data, right? Mm-hmm. But what are some of the if we could kind of put those into categories of like a typical problem right that a project has how do we what, what are you finding with that right how does and how
3: does stereo help solve those actually so uh, that's a very good question um what what we see the typical problem that's are uh, related to to stakeholder alignment for example i I, I am I mentioned that so earlier. Um, we see a lot also um, about, uh, com- I complaints or oh, negative remarks about so decision making, and actually so the ability of people to uh, to structure the decision process and to, uh, to take decision within a meeting. And what is interesting is that so most of the time, when we see in, uh, our um, in our de- data that there is an issue with uh, with the ability to take decision, is because, for example, the decision is not well prepared. And, and this is some, some, some very interesting element that, that we see and on which we, we help our clients to, to, to move and to improve, is that, okay, we say, we say, they say, okay, I got an issue um, my you know, on my project, we can make decision, then we say, okay, can you, uh, can, do you manage properly the preparation of the decision? Do you sense in advance or pre-read to the key stakeholders? Do you brief them before they have to take important decisions? And they say, "Hmm, that's a good point." And and actually, that, that, that's that sounds like common sense. But actually, those are so typical uh, small items that we identify, and then that can really helps to, to to improve the project. What we see as well, for example, is um, lack of inclusions between different work streams, for example, and that's that we see. For example, if you you now we talk about so, a lot about technology and and the technology is not a project in itself so working on an it project is not all about it it's about so organization people transformation and business and actually so how do you combine how do you make working together so the it work stream with the hr work stream with the operations and and that's something that the tool helps to identify and for example so um two weeks ago i was talking talking to one of my um clients who is a senior pmo for large transformation project and you say, hey, that's that what is very powerful with stereo is that we could spot very early that there was an issue uh, with the, the HR work stream because the, the HR people were not involved in the transformation project. And we say, okay, oh my God, um, if you're on a transformation project and HR is not involved, then you might have a problem in a, in, a, in one month or two months. And actually that's helped them to, to really clearly solve that and, and to implement so very quickly so um, mitigation action to uh, to include uh, the HR people more uh, more strongly into the into the projects and then to to start implementing so change management initiatives uh, to help them to, to roll out uh, the, the new organization those are typical as to, typical elements that that we see on our so on a weekly basis on our projects
1: yeah I know just from when I was using the tool one thing that um, kind of jumped up and kind of smacked me in the face as we're using it with the client was, I was in, focused on our engagement as a whole, and I wasn't paying attention to some of the direct interactions with people. And that immediate feedback on a weekly basis to let me know that I may have had the executive stakeholders engaged, but there were team members that we were involved in that I wasn't keeping up to date. And I, I think uh, it, it was from a change management perspective, from a communication perspective, an engagement and an empowerment perspective. All came into play and it was obvious to me not through my own observation but through the use of the tool so yeah obviously thank
3: you for that mm-hmm. yes. you're welcome and actually so i think so and what is interesting is that so your team need only so three minutes per week to, uh, to give you this very valuable feedback so it goes very fast mm-hmm. but for you it's can it can be very powerful
2: invaluable invaluable feedback
1: Well, one thing, and we're getting close to wrapping up the show. And before we get into final uh, comments from both of you, I did want to write on PMO, Joe. So I have to talk about PMO events that are happening in in the world. Uh, And one item is the Global PMO Awards for 2019 have reached the final stage. And I was fortunate enough this year to be a judge uh, for this. So the finalists were Angola representing Africa, Brazil representing the Americas, Slovenia representing Europe, and Bahrain, representing Asia Pacific. And having judged that last week, I can say all of those PMOs are deserving of winning. It was an incredibly challenging uh, opportunity and job to be able to pick the winner. I don't know who won. Uh, We will find out in October in London. They're going to announce the winners. And for those in the project management space, please take a moment to go out to PMO Awards. Dot org and see the different organizations that are participating next year will be our opportunity for you to potentially win the Pmo of the award uh, global award and what an opportunity to get exposure for what you and your team have built and the impact that you're making within your organization so everybody take a moment and go check that out all right thanks for giving me a moment to have that brief commercial and go talk about that and now, Again, as I said, the time goes by so fast on these shows, and I'm fascinated by both of these yeah. tools. Um, so I want to give each of you a last opportunity to connect with the listeners. Anything that we may not have covered today, and how they can reach you. So Nicholas, we'll start with you.
3: Yeah. So first of all, uh, again, thank you very much for for the opportunity and for the great discussion we had, and actually so looking forward to, to keeping in touch afterwards to about stereo if you want to try if you are working on a project with more than five or eight people then uh, and you think that you might need so to get feedback from the team on a regular basis and and leverage i would say so the power of data and the collective intelligence that is around the team then so i really encourage the audience to to try stereo and how do you find us basically you just have to go on our website so www.stereo.co. And just give a give a try to the tool and enjoy and 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 see see the impact on your team. Well,
1: awesome! Thank you so much for joining us, Nicholas and Catherine. Uh, yes, any last items for yes, me?
3: Yes, yes,
2: yes. So when Nicholas was describing the what he calls like the root issues of uh, lack of success in in project management and mo- in these big large transformational experiences, I. Over the last 24 years, I've um, interviewed and facilitated discussions with thousands of executives. And what I find the number one root cause is their lack of clarity about what their objectives are. You'd be shocked at how many times I have to facilitate that discussion, almost cajole them to start articulating in ways that we can be, that can be measurable. You know, what's the due date? Sometimes they don't even have a sense of a due date, much less the quality metrics. So I just wanted to share that. So uh, both of my, all my books are on Amazon, Catherine Halpin, it's Catherine, K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E, H-A-L-P-I-N. So you can find me on my author's page on Amazon, or you can find Alignment for Success, Bringing Out the Best in Yourself, Your Teams, and Your Company. My website is uh, www.halpincompany.com, and my phone number is 602 like I said earlier, I, I have thousands of tools, and they're all dis- many of them are described in my book, but that CVI is really powerful. So I have a, a, that free version Like that, that you took, Joe, so I'm happy to share that with anybody and send them the key.
1: Well, thank you so much, Catherine and Nicholas, for joining us. Another great show. Obviously, thank you to our listeners. You're all helping us uh, get the recognition that you all deserve. Uh, just recently named the number six project management podcast on the web. Uh, Next year we're shooting for top five, and my producer and station owner here is shooting for number one. Uh, Watch out, PMI, here we come. Uh, So our next show will be Thursday, August 15th with Colin Ellis and Deborah Hildebrand. We're not going to be at our typical time. Colin is joining us from Australia, so we're going to be at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, So for those catching us live, just please adjust your calendars um, for the next show on the 15th. And after the 15th, we have some great guests lined up. Andy Jordan will join us from Honduras, Ray Reagan, Rich Maltzman, Jim Stewart, Laura Burford, Carol Osterweil from England, and, of course, so many more scheduled throughout the course of the year. Uh, and we're on the second half of the year. It's amazing how fast this year is going. Also, a reminder that all of these shows are recorded, so please be sure to subscribe to Project Management Office Hours podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, whatever your podcast platform of choice is. Of course, thank you to our sponsors, PM Master Prep and the PMO Squad. If you visit pmmasterprep.com, use promo code PMOJOE, and you'll receive 20% off all of their services. And of course, you can visit the pmosquad.com to learn more about our services and especially the purpose-driven PMO. That's it for now. Office hours are closed. Until next time, I'm PMO Joe, and you've been listening to Project Management Office Hours.